everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon, and I got Brett and Kyle here with me. And today we're going to do a little bit of reflecting on this past Easter season, uh, talking a little bit about some of the thoughts that we had as we were reflecting on uh, Easter and, you know, God's gift to us and sending his son to die on the cross and be raised. So we're going to start off with some of our reflections on uh, some of the different people and different characters that were in the Easter story. And then we're going to move on and we're going to end up in a place where we're doing a little bit of an intro to our next series that's coming up. So you'll definitely want to stick around and stay tuned to the end to see where we're going to be going as a church as we get ready for this next season. But to begin, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the people that were involved in the Easter story. In our last episode, we talked about some of the cultural context of the different events that went along in the Easter story. So we thought it would be cool to start off by talking about some of the different people. And we really specified three groups that we felt like were really important in this story. And those three groups are the Pharisees, the disciples, and the crowd that was involved in this whole mix. So why don't we get started with Kyle sharing a little bit about some of the Pharisees, or at least what we were talking about in regards to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, yeah. So we were... We were kind of just prepping ourselves to, to talk about how do we relate to that group or don't relate to it. Um, I mean, for me, there's a couple aspects, I think. One is I grew up in more in a church that was legalistic. So it was the do's and the don'ts and things like that. So I did recognize some of the the pushback to like Jesus changing the norms and doing things a little differently. So I, I felt their uncomfortable just feelings and like even, you know, aggravation or anger, like that's not the way we do it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I grew up more structured. So just going through that was a little interesting. The other part, I think just watching uh, the chosen, like, um, for those that haven't watched that, it, they, they, they introduced Nicodemus in uh, the first season mm. And just seeing him wrestle with he's tied to his upbringing, his status, and his, you know, um, all the things that come along with being a Pharisee, and he's really esteemed, yet he's really intrigued by Jesus and even wants to go meet with him, yet he wants to do it in the secret. And so I think for me, even, like, there's been times where I've, you know, I'm following God, but do I want to proclaim that do i want to let it be known or do i would just want to do it in the secret and the mm. eh, do it in my own room then i'm i'm okay but if i have to talk about it in front of others then i'll just kind of go along with the crowd and not have to stand out so um i i did think that those two aspects uh stood out to me mm. yeah in, in a similar way when it comes to the pharisees i i think i i remember being in places and times in my life where my mindset was like God or, or how I envisioned my life and, and the things that I knew it had to look this way or it had to be this way. Otherwise, like what is God doing or, or right. So if I know God to be this, then it's going to look like this. If I know God to be this, then I know it's going to be like this. And I think like you said, the chosen does a really good job of, of giving you a picture that you can watch. Um, that's, that shows like that, that discomfort and shows that they, feel like it's supposed to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then when Jesus enters the picture, they're like, who is this? <laughs> you know, like he's not, he's not doing it. Why are these people, they just have all this issue with it, all these things that how it doesn't line up. And, and I think I was 
in a place where it, it made me um, almost like bitter towards God because mm-hmm. I felt like the God that I learned about was not the God that I was experiencing and seeing. And ex- I expected to be my expectations, the box that I had put him in. Mm-hmm. And so I could relate to um, the Pharisees in that way of what you think your knowledge and what it's supposed to look like. And when it's in front of you and it's not like that, then that's where either that fear or that pride comes in where you're you're willing to give in or you're going to be like, arrest this man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a little power struggle, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Man, I wasn't expecting us to talk about The Chosen with both of you guys already, but <laughs> just to throw it out into cyberspace, Dallas Jenkins, if you ever hear our podcast, you are always welcome to come on and be a guest. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I know Brett has been talking about wanting to try to find a way to get him to come on, but so Dallas Jenkins, you're always welcome. I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but <laughs> we would love to have you on as a guest to talk about The Chosen because it seems like we talk about that show a lot on this on this show and uh, you know at our, at our church. But for me, when it comes to the Pharisees, I think something that I always try to keep in mind is uh, the way that we look at this, the Pharisees nowadays is very different than how they were looked at mm. at that time. Mm. Right, and so a lot of times we look at them. Oh, these are the bad guys. They're the ones that right. led to Jesus being crucified on the cross. They're the ones that were always coming against Jesus. But you know, in their time, they were really looked at as these are the religious leaders of their day. Right. So it would be like how we look at you know, say Pastor Barry or Ross, or you know, these are the religious leaders that mm-hmm. the people are looking up to mm. as, I guess, I mean not to say heroes, but, you know, in, they give a lot of reverence to these people where today we look at them at, in a very negative light. And so understanding the the narrative surrounding uh, this whole story changes your perspective on what's actually going on, right? And so it would be easy for us now to say, oh, yeah, they're the bad guys. But at that, that time, they were looked at as, oh, these are the, the guys that are trying to protect our faith. Mm. They're trying to protect it from... Uh, heresy from untruth from uh you know what it seems like jesus is proclaiming a, a message that's very different than what the pharisees are doing and and they're trying to uphold what they believe and so sometimes for me with the pharisees i i try to make sure that i'm not just looking at it through the lens that i'm currently am where mm. it's like oh these are the bad guys these are you mm-hmm. know in a negative way and understanding you know the narrative actually matters and and the way that we interact with the stories, it matters. And so I think that's something else that we wanted to kind of parse out a little bit today is, you know, how the stories that we tell and how the stories that we hear, they make a difference in how we understand what's going on. Yeah, or even while you're sharing that, it's even, do we paint all the Pharisees with the same brushstroke, mm. right? Were they were they all bad or were, were, was were they just, all was that, mules yeah <laughs> <laughs> or was that was that just the leadership you know was the farther up you got the more attached you got to the power and the control and you know whatever but was, were, th- were there a lot of Nicodemuses out there that were really trying to seek um who the messiah was and were they open-minded and yeah yeah because even you know if we look at Nicodemus like you said and we look at his character throughout the Bible, or at least what the Bible portrays mm-hmm. of him, it's like there's a reason that he's meeting with Jesus at night mm-hmm. to talk about mm-hmm. some of these truths and and really to understand Jesus' perspective. And it's not just because he was trying to tell him he's wrong, yeah. but it's because he's trying to understand, mm-hmm. right? And so there is even that wide range of what it could look like. But 
when we hear the term Pharisee yeah. in today's context, it's like, they're bad, they're bad. Don't be a Pharisee. We don't want to be, you know, and especially living in California, it's like you want to be the opposite of the Pharisee and because it's just, you know, that's very negative when yeah. it comes to how we look at the Pharisees. Um, okay, so the second group that we wanted to talk about was the disciples. So for you guys, is there a particular disciple that you can relate to in this story? I think there's a lot of them. I uh, actually, I just had another one pop in my mind because this one related to me when I was younger was Thomas, because I felt mm. like I was a doubting Thomas, and and it's funny because I painted myself that way, and I actually feel like it was negative. Like I I I brought more doubt and more unbelief because I just said uh, that's who I am. Mm. So I, I remember wrestling with that younger. Um, but the other one this morning, because I knew we were going to try and talk about characters, and I'm like, eh, there's always, like, the, the big you ones. You just wanted to, to ease it in with the Thomas part well, because you didn't <laughs> want to be the you didn't want to be the one that you felt like it this exactly. morning. Exactly. That's why God just dropped that in my mind right now. But, you know, there's, you know, Matthew, Peter. There's different ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's definitely I can relate to different ones. But this morning I was like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that one because it was Judas. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so I'm analytical. I'm, you know, I, I, I like working with numbers and money. So he was, you know, it talks about him in the Bible being in charge of the their the money purse, you know, like uh, their funds. And so one, one, one story that kind of stood out was, you know, when the, the bottle of um, nard was poured on Jesus and that was – worth like a year's wage and then he said we could have taken that money and gave it to the poor so i mean his obviously his motives were bad because he wanted probably to skim off the top but even that 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 idea of if he was genuine and saying oh we could have taken this money and used it for the poor there's there's a there's a it's a good perspective it's actually healthy and that's more of mine it's like oh it's more just cut and dry like black mm -hmm. and white analytical i'm like oh that that's not the greatest use of that. We could have done this and this and this. But then I've I've learned over the years that I have to bring in a lot of other perspectives. I have to think of the emotions, the the intent behind that, the the symbolism that that, that actually did um, leading up to Jesus' death and his burial. So there's a lot of other things that were actually so much more powerful and significant than just the way that could have been used for the poor. So I've... I so I, I I totally relate with him because I think I was much more black and white, but God's like transforming me to be uh, able to take in more inputs on things. Mm. I, so I, at, if you see me at church, don't call me a Judas. <laughs> but <laughs> he's not going that far. He, okay, okay. He, yeah, you won't be going that far, Kyle. Well, at least you were relating to Judas in that sense, and yeah. not because you're a traitor or okay. <laughs> yeah. or <a> sellout. <laughs> Um, it's been cool for me because I know you guys have, have been further along in, in The Chosen and I've heard you guys talk about it, but my small group in the current season, we've been watching it. And so I think the person that's been on my mind more is Simon Peter. Um, and, you know, he's one of the main storylines in season one and just his character and seeing how he interacts. And I know that The, the Chosen is is um, just a, a representation. It's maybe not literal or to what liberties they take. But besides the point, you know, I think I'm someone who enjoys and, and encourages people to, like, be about it, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know what happens with Peter um, when he denies Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it brought to mind the idea that um, 
I would like to think, you know, I'd have this confidence to be a certain way or do a certain thing. But then when it's game time and the situation (laughs) comes up, what are your actions going to be? And and I know of times in my past where um, I've backed down from that. You know, maybe I haven't denied Jesus fully, but I wasn't proclaiming who he was and standing firm, um, you know, backing him up or saying, yeah, no, this is what I believe. This is who I am. And, and I think those moments have actually been transformative for me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And even just being able to, um, I think, really have a heart, especially for the, the middle schoolers, mm-hmm. to try to learn that then. Because back then, I, I didn't have that confidence. I didn't have that will to, to be about it and, and stand against, you know, hey, that's what you believe? You're like that because of that? Or you go to church and, you know, it's kind of like Peter, like, like, no, that's not how, you know, that's not me. That's not how I am. And kind of shy away from the opportunity instead of being willing to stand firm. And so um, it's been cool to to read about it um, in, in the Bible plan and also see it in The Chosen and then be able to reflect on it and see that, um, yeah, in, in ways that we can relate and see ourselves in, in these areas. And ultimately, I think it, it's pushing me to to, to grow and, and to um yeah, reflect in my heart and, and where is that line where it's like, no, I need to be able to stand firm and I need to be able to be against whatever, you know, yeah. if it's not for God, then that's not the team that I want to be a part of. So I think it's been cool to reflect in, in that way. Yeah, Peter's an interesting character for sure. <laughs> yeah. But he did get restored after that. He so, did, he did. So that was good. Yeah. But I, I actually, I just heard on a it was some podcast or something that – um Peter, when, uh, I think it was like when he was getting restored after uh, Jesus uh, rose from the dead, that he was talking about John, and he was like, well, what about John? What's going to happen to him? He was like worried about, like, well, what about him? Because he was telling, well, you're going to, your, your road's going to be tough, and it's going to be difficult, <laughs> and you're going to suffer. And he's like, well, what about John? He's like, it's not about John. I'm talking about you, right? So I, re- I relate to that sometimes. So what about, like, what about them? Like, what, you know, oh, no, it's about you, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, um, Thomas is the one that I can relate to, I think, the most. And not so much the the doubting part, but it's when I think of Thomas, I think for me, I feel like he wants to see that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so there's a part of him that's like excited about it and wanting to, but he's like, but I don't know if this is actually the truth. So he's wanting to make sure that it's aligned with the truth. So when he asks him to show his hands and he can see it, it's like, oh, it really, like, it uh, it confirmed all the hope mm. and the joy that he was looking forward to mm-hmm. because of that. And so I think for me, it's like there's a lot of times where I hear stories of great things like, yeah, I want that to be true. and But there's still something in me that's mm. like, but I, I want to see I want to see it to confirm that, that it is true. Mm. Right. So even like when, uh, you know, in, in our past, we had the retreat where, uh, you know, pastor Dean came and Sujin's hearing got restored. And I heard the story before I even talked to her and it was like, Oh, that, that sounds so awesome. Like God is so cool. I want, but there's still a part of me that's like, but I want to talk to her and make sure that it's true. Right. Like, Mm. and it's not, and it's not just, you know, hearsay, it's not, but I want to, I want to see it. And I want, I want that to be confirmed in me. And mm-hmm. so it's not so much a doubt from like a negative, like, no, that didn't happen. 
but it's more from a place of like, yeah, I want the confirmation that yeah. that really did happen. So, so it's like strengthening your foundation. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to see like, no, I believe that God can do it, but then to see him do it, it kind of gives you a different level of faith when you mm-hmm. actually see see that happen. And so I think for me, that's where I can relate to Thomas. It's like, I kind of feel like it's he's not coming from a place of doubt, like, no, that didn't happen, but it's more like he's he's really excited I mean, it doesn't really say too much about emotions, right? But yeah. I, I could see him being really excited, like, oh, if this is true, like, then Jesus really is the Messiah. I want to see it, mm-hmm. right? And then, oh, it is confirmed. Like, th- he really is who he said he is yeah. type thing. So I, I think that, um, yeah, Thomas is is my, my boy in that one. I, I think it's cool how you bring that out because, you know, like I, I brought out a different aspect. But really, I think it's I, – I – I don't think the Bible highlights that he was doubting Thomas, but he gets labeled that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's doubting Thomas because he wanted proof. But I think that, <laughs> but I, but I, I, that's what I attached to because I think mm. that's what I was wrestling with. Yeah. And so then it was like, oh, I'm a doubter. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. but then it's like, aw- it's awesome because I've seen that side of of him now in the stories when I read too. So I think that that what you pull out is really, it's good, and it also shows that there's there's different things that we can kind of align and attach with in different people in the sto- in the Bible that they can come from a negative place or come from like really what's, what's the intent um, and purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to pull a, 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 one of you guys or our church thing. I'm, I'm going to talk about the chosen again, Sorry, <laughs> but I think that's, what's been really cool for our small group and re- and the reading plan um, is you're reading about these and then you see some of the characters. And I think for me, when I, when I would read about the disciples before it kind of seemed like, like they already knew or like it, it was, it wasn't like what they were experiencing was like brand new or it just gets lost sometimes when I would read in the Bible mm-hmm. that it's like they had to wrestle with things too. They had to be willing to put stuff down and follow and they had to, when they saw things did, like, you know, like the first time that Jesus does something, they're like literally like in awe, right? And like you forget that it's like, Oh my gosh, they're people too. It's they not were, like they, they were, were they were knuckleheads. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't like already included and already knew and already right. knew the plan and already had everything figured out. And so, um, I think I think you mentioned it earlier, Kyle, that there's just a lot from the whole group of disciples, little bits and pieces of them and their characteristics and how they are and how they think that um, I I think is a good representation of for us as believers, all the little different things that we struggle with, Mm -hmm. that we may have strengths in, that we could relate to, that we have a hard time with. But um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And it, it really has brought God's word more to life, I I would say. And and so when we're talking about these people, I mean, it even makes it real to the point where I can picture myself and and how I would be and, and things of that nature. And so um, another shameless plug for for the chosen. If, <laughs> if if you are like me and one of the last remaining people at our church that haven't been watching yet, it's never too late. I'm I'm on season one, but yeah, that's a shameless plug. <laughs> and so the third group that we wanted to talk about was was the crowd that was involved in uh, the trial of Jesus, right? And so at the time, uh, they would release one prisoner, and they would sentence the other one to to death. And so right. They presented Jesus or Barabbas, and the crowd said, set Barabbas free, let's crucify Jesus. So is there anything that you guys can relate to in, in the crowd? 
Well, for, it's fresh in my mind because uh, we just watched The Passion of the Christ uh, as a family on Friday. So first time my kids have watched it. Nice. Um, first time I actually brought it up and Mimo goes, yeah, that's a good idea. And like in the past, she's been like, I don't think they're old enough yet. I, th- I don't think they can handle it, <laughs> yeah, especially my younger one. <laughs> but um, that that scene where, you know, he br- they, they're they there before Pilate in that mm-hmm. crowd. They, they do a good job of descri- or visually showing that what that could have been like. And just that the the difficulty to stand against that kind of momentum. And so then they show like Mary the two Marys and uh John there in the crowd and they're they're kind of like kind of off to the side, they're kinda of trying to stay secluded, yet they're they're wanting to see what happens. But with that much momentum and that much just just energy behind, you know, what the decision that they wanted to come out. It's like how that's tough to stand up against. So for me, um, seeing both sides, seeing how how easy it is to get sucked into mm. that narrative of hey, everybody, oh yeah, everybody else is this way. Yeah, it's like yeah, let's let's get them. Yeah, let's let's do it. The hype train, right? Totally. <laughs> or the other side of like, it's hard to stand out in a in that kind of moment to stand out because you might get. Mm-hmm. drug out into the thing and you might get thrown into the same scenario and get beat up and just mm-hmm. whatever or spit on and punched and humiliated and um but I I did I did think that those three like sticking together like they had like they had each other mm-hmm. so th- none of them were there by themselves and I I do think that's a key um when you're in the crowd you, it's hard to be alone mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's just some of my thoughts yeah I think Definitely when there gets momentum or there's, you know, it's not only just the amount of people, but like there becomes this intangible like feeling of even like being a part of something and, and just this wave of emotion that kind of is easy to latch onto or, or, or it feels contagious mm-hmm. from a group or multiple people or just the energy, you know, there's always going to be people that are more outspoken that are almost like rallying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it almost, I mean, to a very lesser degree though, is like when there's like a huge sporting event mm. and everybody wants one team to win. And then there's the one guy that's like, <laughs> I kind of want the other team to win. Right. I, I know. Yeah. In a, t- in a city of Laker fans, <laughs> I know exactly how that is. <laughs> Do I want to take my jacket off and reveal the uniform? I'm yeah, wearing? No, yeah. I, I remember even talking to your son and, and, um, during the Super Bowl, uh, yeah. um, you know, he's a big Bengals fan. Right. And so I asked him, you know, and I wasn't messing with him, and but he was kind of like a little, like, I could tell he really wanted to win, but one of his reasons was like, yeah, because then at school, like, everybody's going to be like, given to me if they don't. Yeah. And right, so, right, right, even there's there's an aspect of that yeah. to the smaller degree. It's like. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. pressure or just what, what you, who you are standing for in, in the eyes of whoever, are they going to win? Mm. If it's not the winner, how how does that make you feel? What does that? It almost makes you feel like you're also taking on their loss or or whatever it yeah. might be. And so I can't imagine it being to the stakes of you know someone's life and, and it being, being on geez, the right side of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eli, if you ever listen to this episode, you were invited to come on this one, <laughs> and I told you we would talk about fantasy football and football. <laughs> so we actually did, even though you didn't come on the episode with us. <laughs> Um, yeah, so with the, with the crowd, as I've been thinking about it, uh, one of the things that stands out is I feel it's it's actually pretty relatable to today. Mm. And 
because of the way that you know media is and social media is and trending topics and all of these things the way that the news cycles are it it's really actually really relatable to feel like you can jump on you know a bandwagon or a trending topic or wanting to get on one side because it's like fresh and everybody's talking about it and so as we were kind of prepping for this episode one of the things that we thought about was what would actually this scenario of you know crucifixion resurrection what would it look like if it happened today mm. how would things be portrayed how would it play out what would where would we be at what camp would we be in and so i wanted to kind of throw that out to you guys what do you guys think what would this scenario look like today in 2023 if jesus came and he was crucified or you know he was killed and it was filmed on smartphone and everyone saw it and people are claiming that he raised from the dead. How would, how would this feel? Well, I think kind of setting the, the scene, it seems like the, the Pharisees or the religious leaders and the Romans would have each had their own platform, right? They each had their own bullhorn where they could get their narratives out and their talking points and whatever. But the, like Jesus, the disciples, they had more of like a grassroots Mm. network to get things out, but it didn't, it didn't seem like it had, um, the same leverage behind it. So that's just one observation. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, if it was in today's day, there, there would there would be a lot of, uh, you know, talks about like, almost like conspiracy theories or like, you know, just talking about to degree of like, I mean, like today is like aliens or different things of that nature. If, if there was this Messiah that came down and was supposed to do this and is raised from the dead. I think it would be people trying to point out different facts or different things that they've researched or heard and spin it to, to give them an understanding of why this is what I believe or why this is true. And I think the other thing about crowds is it's almost like when there's enough noise created, it kind of drowns out even sometimes the original point that the crowd was was going and so in today's day and age I think there's a lot of things and movements and whatever you want to call it where if there gets enough number of people behind it it almost creates this political correctness quote unquote where it's like just because there's a huge majority that now becomes what is supposed to be believed even if it's not even what the original the originality of the movement or the point was supposed to be, but just because so many people have, have got to that point, it's like, now if you're against that, it's like, Oh, you're, you're stepping out of line or it's like, okay, just because there's numbers, does that, that make it right? And so I think in that same way, Jesus came same crowd. If there's enough numbers that are saying, no, that's not real. That's not real. And you say it's real. They may be like, dude, you're crazy. Like you need to get checked into like a psych ward or something (laughs) like that. It makes it, it makes me think of like, Oh, trending. Jesus said, Jesus said that um, he would destroy the temple and build it in three days. How can that be possible? You know, they, they you know, that's what the Pharisees use against him, but they yeah. could have that as like a trending topic and like, like, oh yeah, but that's not what he may have said those words, but that's not his intent. Did you ask him what he meant by it? Or, you know, so then you can take things out of context and get narratives totally uh, skewed. Yeah. I think to me, that's, th- the big word that keeps coming to mind is, is just narrative. Mm. And who's 
the one telling the story and do they have any motivations for telling it in that way, right? So the, the Pharisees would tell the story in one way. The disciples would tell the story in a different way. The crowd would probably tell a story in a different way than that too. And so I feel like in each of these scenarios and each of these people groups that we've been talking about, if this were to happen today, we'd be hearing all kinds of different stories and from different perspectives. And so I think one of the things that keeps getting highlighted to me is we need to make sure that we are hearing this, the different sides and align, trying to figure out which one is the truth mm-hmm. and critically analyzing each of their stories to make sure that we're in alignment with the truth. Because as believers, we want to make sure that we're in alignment with whether it's God's truth or whether it's just truth in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you, you just said critically, critically think, um, it just makes me kind of re- realize that sometimes we get sucked into the loudest voice, mm-hmm. right? If the voice is loudest and it's the most prevalent, it's we're hearing it m- the most often, then we can even get tied in with, oh, that must be truth, or we kind of t- turn off our critically thinking because, oh, everybody's just thinking that way, so it's got to be right. And so I think, especially with a lot of the stuff that Jesus taught was was total counterculture, it was counter intuitive in a lot of ways yet it ended up being truth so looking back now we can look back and see it a lot differently but yeah i mean i could totally see this scenario happening today too because if you look at it right kind of like you were saying with the loudest voice it had to be something like that for them to be saying set barabbas free who Mm -hmm. is a murderer Mm -hmm. and let's crucify jesus who hadn't done anything wrong right right and so there there had to be some aspect of group think yeah. or the loudest voice or something to that effect for them to look at the situation and think the right thing to do is set the, the murderer free who is convicted of murder and crucify the man who they don't really have any charges against him that are real. Right. So looking back, I mean, truth wins out, but it, sometimes it takes, it takes time for that to, to be evident so we tried to take the Easter story and bring it to our time. How about we give the reader something a little bit more tangible? What's something going on in our time that we're seeing truth getting trying to get distorted or um, yeah, maybe there's a loud voice that's speaking against biblical truth. Um, is there something that we can give to the readers for that? the readers yeah you guys are reading yeah, <laughs> reading along as we do this well you right? said yeah. we're trying to take them back to <laughs> biblical times so the, you know they would read back exactly, then that's there's exactly there's no what I there's meant. no podcast totally. back yeah. then <laughs> depends how spicy you want to get kyle <laughs> okay well let's let's bring a little spice well how about we go medium medium spice <laughs> is it going to be spicier than our salsa episode i've been wanting to say that all morning <laughs> <laughs> i i think well, okay. I, I think there there are varying degrees to um scenarios of, of that of, of that situation going on. I think even in something as mindless and simple as like uh, professional sports, mm. um, you know, there's always I can't stand it anymore, but there's always <laughs> there's always rumors or, you know, articles come out and then Later on, you hear the athletes say, oh, like, I've never said that. Or just, you know, there's just so many things where misinformation comes out. Um, so it could be something even as, as small as that, too. You know, there's there's been big 
talk about a lot of, you know, political stuff and, um, yeah, different movements that have had happened in, in, in recent years. And, um, I think, I mean, I don't know how specific you got, you guys want to be. I, maybe I should just pass like it, it to the host. I can go back to our well, created and called. I, I mean, I think we're, I think we're trying to be a little bit more tangible. So mm. to me, one of the ones that's tangible and that's in the news recently, and that's kind of garnering a lot of interest right now is the transgender topic. Mm. And, you know, there's been in the past week, a lot of news coming out about a certain uh, person who identifies as transgender, uh, I guess I don't know if we're we want to name names on this, but there's That's been someone fine. there's been someone that uh you know was a part of a Bud Light campaign mm-hmm. and their picture was on a Bud Light can. And this is a, a man who is saying that he identifies as a, a woman and his picture is on a Bud Light campaign and on actual Bud Light can. And the same person is now getting he's uh, endorsing Nike women's uh, athletic apparel like sports bras uh, and then also I, I saw that this person is also endorsing Olay women's facial body <laughs> product creams and lotions and things like that and so you know this is a man who is saying that he's a woman and you know it it it's out there. It's out there. He's actually getting endorsement money to do this, you know. And this is on the heels of things like um, the the woman uh, at UPenn who was a swimmer, and she, mm. um, or this person, you know, won an NCAA championship in swimming. Uh, who is a, another a man who was saying that they identified as a woman and and defeating. Uh, biological women in swimming races and you know there's a bunch of different uh, things that are coming out in the news where this is happening more and more and more and the world is saying that this is normal Mm -hmm. you know and so this is something that really comes to mind as we're talking about something like this where it's you know different narratives different trending topics different and it's it's very prevalent today right but then Going back to a couple of months ago, we had our Create and Called series, and one of them was on gender. And so Pastor Barry, in his message, too, did a good job of affirming that the Bible <coughs> talks about man and woman, so just two genders. So then how do we interact with society that's going down that, that path and those topics yet still hold hold to biblical truth? So that's the one that it gets tough because there's truth, but then there's like the messy grace, right? There's truth and grace. So it doesn't mean that you treat them bad or, you know, you shame them or whatever, but they're still about standing for what God um, identify or God puts in as truth, yet still doing it in a loving way. Yeah, I, I think I was fumbling my words earlier because I didn't know how specific we wanted to get. But, um, you know, I, I think two things that really stand out when, when I think about... Um, tough issues or even things where um, society or the world uh, is, is kind of pushing this, this narrative or, or an idea that in your heart of hearts, you know, is, is not in alignment with God. Um, I, I think one is 
we na- I think we na- a lot of us naturally tend to when we think of love we go to the like acceptance thing of love, but I think if we understand that part of love is sometimes telling people things that they don't want to hear, that that's love, then by you standing up against something, by you sharing with somebody your beliefs and 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 not in a nature to just argue with them, but to say, hey, because I care about you, I care about your mind, I care about your your spirituality, I care about your mental health. Like I'm saying this because, and it's actually hard to say these things, but because I actually love you, it, it paints a different picture than just like, well, you just, we need to just love them. And it's like, okay, so then that means I should just let them continue. I should just go along with them or it's okay if I do this then because I, I think that's one thing. And I, and I think the second thing is, um, and it's something that I've had to talk with my wife and, and my family and, and some friends, but there, there's a certain line where, well, okay. I feel like there's a certain line where you have to be willing where it, you just can't, it just can't cross that line. Right, and everybody's gonna maybe place their line at a different area mm-hmm. and different degree, and I think with different topics and specifically maybe something like transgender for different people, they have different what they're comfortable with or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain line, and when you start sacrificing your beliefs and your morals and what you know and who you know God to be, that's when it's like you you've 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 crossed the line. Like you have. There has to be a line because there is going to come a time where that line is met for all of us. Mm-hmm. And are you willing to, to stand for that? And I think it's, it's also like the more that you kind of allow to push towards that line, mm-hmm. sometimes the harder it's going to get to stand. Mm-hmm. And so in certain degrees, if you're able to stand further or, or have a discussion or, or talk about things, um, because you know where your line is, where it's like, no, this is where I stand. I I think, um, that that's a way that I've been, I've been trying to figure out like where I'm at because of all of these things that are coming up when I'm talking about it, when I'm, if I'm in a position to teach and, and, and have an opinion about when I'm, when I'm teaching the middle schoolers, like I need to have a place where I'm not just loosey goosey, you know, it's like, no, this is, this is what I believe and where I stand. And so I think those two things are, are two things that I've really been trying to focus on and grow in and learn so that I can, um, feel confident in, um, dealing with, with some of these things and even thinking about them and, and talking about it and, and, um, trying to help others with it as well. Because I think uh, a key thing that you, you said earlier, Kyle, was when the crowds were there, the, the idea of the people not being alone, even though they were against the majority, like there is something a little different when you know someone has your back or like you can stand with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you, were, when you were just sharing, I actually got brought back to that picture in the, the Passion movie of seeing that crowd get so fired up and yet those people being kind of timid and scared and <clears throat> I think that's what a lot of what we're dealing with in our society as Christians is Christian values, Christian morals, principles are getting um, shamed. They're getting attacked. They're getting um, just 
we're just getting thrown under the bus on a lot of things. And it's easier to be like, well, okay, fine. I'll just go along with the crowd. Cause that's the easy way to go. But like you mm-hmm. said, then you're, you're, you're crossing potential moral line between you and God too. And yeah, those are tough places to be in. But when we have a, like a support group and support network, then it makes it, um, yeah, a lot better. Yeah. And as, as we're, you know, this is, the purpose of our podcast is we want to help people to be able to flourish in every season, right? And so we want people we want to see people flourishing. Mm. And we recognize that when people are in alignment with God and his created order and with his plan for us, that's really when we're going to be flourishing. And so when we look at society and as society has been moving farther and farther away from God, mm. really that's not leading to a flourishing life. And mm. so part of our role is to help point people back to God, point them back to his truth so that they can have that foundation. But it's really going to come down to how we do it too. It's not Mm. just, you know, the ways that it's been portrayed in the past where there is a very negative view of how Christians have interacted with society. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And, and that could even, that could even be a, a a blown out perspective narrative that, Mm -hmm. you know, the enemy can use to make people not want to associate themselves with Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that's where we talk about things like messy grace and how we interact with people in, in leading them to the truth is really important, you know? And so I think that's a good lead into where we want to go with this next series. So our church is going to be going through a series uh, from the old Testament, focusing on the prophet Elijah. And so pro- the prophet Elijah, if you're not familiar with him, he was a prophet for God, and what the prophets did a lot of times is they called people to repentance, and really, it's their their role was to get the people to turn back to God, mm. and so he was living in a society that was totally against God, and they were trying to push all these different gods like Baal, Asherah, all of these different um, polytheistic gods that were out there, and they were trying to put that on the people, and it was loud. Mm. It was loud. So it was to the the point where, you know, there were other prophets that were sent out in Israel and they were all in hiding because they were afraid for their lives. Well, yeah, and, some were getting murdered. and yeah, yeah, they were afraid for their lives because the king and his wife were trying to set out to get rid of all of the prophets of, of Yahweh. And Elijah was the one that stood up for his faith and for his beliefs. And mm. so... You know, we're, we're looking at a time that we're living in that's very anti-God, anti-Christian. And, you know, we're in a time where we're going to have to take steps of faith and stand for our faith. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really appropriate that in this season uh, we're going to be going through uh, the prophet Elijah and looking at his life and how he was able to take a stand for God amidst a culture that was totally against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it, man. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> going to be good. I, I think it'll be really good. Yeah, because it's when you when you take a stand, like well, when you were just describing the prophets, it's funny because if you think about it, they're basically pointing out all the bad stuff in people's lives. They're pointing out the wrongs that you're on the wrong path. And how many of us want to hear that? Like, mm. it's it's a tough it's a tough message. So if you're not in a place to be able to be like, oh yeah, I. I you're humble, right? If you're not humble, then you're going to take it as like, forget you. I'm going to, I'm going to stand. I'm going to fight. I'm going to slam you. I'm going to find some baggage or some dirt on you. And Mm -hmm. you're going to go more of that route. But you know, it, 
God, God brings those kind of things to uh, each of us at different times because we need them. And, you know, us as Christians, we're, we're meant to be that way in society too. It doesn't mean that we're holier than thou, that we don't have our own issues, but he, he wants us to take stands for, for his truth. And that, that can be a, a tough place to be. Yeah. So I think the place that I want to leave this episode with was, you know, Elijah took a stand for God and at the end of one of the, the main stories that he's involved with, he has the people shouting Yahweh is God. Mm. Right. And so he's able to point the people to a place where they're shouting Yahweh is God. Mm. And really that's, that's what we want to do too. We want to be the people that are pointing people to God where they're saying, yes, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. So we're really looking forward to kickstarting that series. It's going to come up um, starting this Sunday, I believe. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Pastor Barry is going to bring it. And uh, until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season. Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.